Hello and welcome to How to Adult. Today's episode is How to Adult After Uni. My thoughts on universities and how much value they bring are always changing. But I would like to pose a few questions. Should we all be pushed into the same system? How much value does each university course bring? Do they really prepare you or equip you with all of the skills you need to get a job at the end? Do they even supply us with the knowledge of what jobs there are at the end? In my experience, schools like to push you into higher education, but can we really trust schools to choose what's best for our children when they're hungry for a good statistic? I don't have the answers, but I'm hoping we can talk about it because if the system can improve, then what better way to start than talking about it? This was the first episode I recorded and I wanted to sit down with some friends and hope that we could learn from each other and discuss some of those questions. But more than anything, find comfort knowing that someone had gone through the same thing as me. This episode, I have an open conversation with my friends Laura and Samantha on our experiences after uni. Hello! You want to say hello? Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks. And we also have Sam. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so we've all finished uni at different times, or education. For context, I only graduated from education a year ago. I've been in education since I was five, and I've only been out a year, and I'm nearly 25. So that's a very scary realisation that I came to recently. You guys graduated at the same time i think 2016 uh so how many years is that worse 2019 this has been three years three years okay and when you say three years it feels like a long time but it's gone very fast yeah we've now been out of uni for as long as we were in uni which is quite scary that was very scary okay what did you guys do at uni i did comparative literature and drama joint honours Nice. Oh, wow. I did business and management. So all very different. Super different. Uh Yeah. And I did drama degree, and then I went to drama school afterwards. Before you guys went to uni, did you know what you wanted to do? So uh, before going to uni, I chose business because it's quite like a wide subject as well. So you have different things within business that you can do, like marketing, finance, accounting, operations, multiple things. But I think that I focus my education in very like general wide terms. So I had a variety of subjects. Um, and then what my vision was to get out of uni. Um, I just think that I just use uni as a ticket to access the labour market. Nice. I had such a broad range of subjects because I didn't really see myself doing anything specific. I just wanted to be, always aspire to be this boss lady. I think that I, that that's it. It's not very defining to what that boss lady does. Love um, it. Yeah, yes love to that. the boss lady. So <laughs> So, I don't know, I feel like now I've learned that to be that boss lady, to be like the girl with the CEO, whatever it is, you just have to have a very broad range of skills and knowledge um, to manage different sides of a business. So I think that I, I, I wasn't disappointed with my education. or Amazing. So you went into uni 
not really knowing what you wanted exactly. Like, you didn't have the end. Like, this is the exact career I know I mm. want, and this is how I'm going to get it through this degree. It was like, I want to become this amazing boss lady, and doing a management degree is going to hopefully lead to that at the end. Yes. For, like, prior context. So, I know Lau from Zach's Uni, so you went to UE in Bristol, but you didn't start off in Bristol, did you? Where did you start before that? So I did three years in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was going to come for my third year to like my year abroad in England. But then I got here and I was supposed to only be here for a year. And then after like a couple of months, I was like, oh my God, I never want to go back. So I talked to some people at the university and they were like, oh, that's amazing that you don't want to go back. So let's see what we can do. And the arrangement was basically that. My education, my previous education, my previous two years of university didn't really count. Okay. So I had to fit three years of education into two years of education so I could graduate with everyone else. Okay. So I could have done it in three years, but I think that we chose the hectic option, which was condense those three years into two years. So it was quite intense. Very intense. And then Sam? Uh, it's hard following that, because my story's nowhere near as dramatic. I'm just way more hippie than, like, growing no, up and wanting to be a boss Because when I was looking at universities, like when I travelled around the country with my parents looking into universities, I was looking at studying uh, psychology and marketing. At every university, they were the departments that I went and looked around. And then it got to, and that's what I put in my UCAS application for which courses and which unis I wanted to do that at. And then it was two days before the UCAS deadline. And I just all of a sudden had panic that I was doing the course because I thought it was the sensible thing to do. And I thought it would help me get good jobs. And that actually I was really worried I was about to spend all this money on my education and not enjoy what I was studying. What I loved studying was literature and drama that was what I loved out of my college courses so two days before I got on a train with my mum I skipped college we went we went to Kent and um looked around and because I I knew they did the course that I was looking at like a literature and arts course and I put them top of the list changed all my other courses to similar courses across the country at universities I hadn't ever visited and submitted it and then ended up going on to do those courses that's mad. So when you chose the, the previous subjects, what was it psychology and marketing? And marketing is psychology and marketing a, a joint thing? Mm-hmm. Really, I didn't mm-hmm. even know that. Yeah, so it's not that popular, but it, they were two things that I had interest in that were one was more science based and one was more business based, and I just liked the idea of the combination. Nice. So they were things that you were interested in, but you were maybe choosing them because you thought they were the right. Yeah, thing to choose at the time over mm-hmm. something you maybe had another passion for. Yeah, amazing. So again, scary. You've changed it like two weeks before the two, deadline. Two days. Two days before. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> two days before. Yeah. And Everything then you get accepted, changed. and then you're like, oh well, I've done it now. I guess. Mm-hmm. Madness. So you've had no time to prepare, like mm-hmm. what that career might give you afterwards. No. And when you decided to change, did you did it ever come across? Because I guess you thought the sensible option is because you get a job from the previous ones. I just thought there might be more prospects okay. than doing an arts degree. So then, when you changed, did it ever cross your mind, like, oh, well, what will I do with this after I leave uni? Um, I don't really think I had time to think about that. 
And I think I did struggle with it throughout my degree, like thinking about what I was going to do with what I was studying. And I don't think I ever really came to a conclusion, to be honest. If we then fast track into our third years, did any of you guys think about what you were going to do? That Like, did it ever cross your point, mind at any point in the third year, I'm graduating in July, what am I going to do? I think it crossed my mind all the time, but I never came to an answer. I think there was certain things that I studied in my last year that opened my mind to a lot of new things. I studied autobiographical theatre module. We created a really good piece and it had a really good feedback from the people that came to see it and for the first time I really got a buzz off oh the thing I like about this work that I'm doing is that reaction from people and it wasn't a reaction as in oh, I had a really good time it was a reaction that was really profound and that the piece really moved them it really changed things and I then started to realize that I really liked doing things that affected people and I was just starting to explore that and just as I was finding that out my degree ended so I don't really feel like I found it within enough time to explore it to the extent I needed to to work out how that could be a job I see yeah I I started unpicking um but I don't think I had enough time to go to build it into something that could translate into the real world yeah I love the quote, the real world. Yeah. <laughs> no, the real world is is actually so much a thing. Yeah. I really thought I knew what it was to, to adult. Yeah. At university, I was like, I pay my bills now. Mm-hmm. I fill my fridge. I know mm-hmm. how to do this. I do my washing. <laughs> and then I left and I was just realised I hadn't got, hadn't got clue. What <laughs> yeah. I was doing. Get more onto that in a second. But like, what about you in your third year? Oh, no, I had no clue. I had no clue. It was like... A lot of uncertainty. I remember that year of being like a lot of uncertainty and a lot of anxiety that came with that mm. because I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't have a job. I obviously don't want to keep doing this job work, which I'm doing now, which was waiting at a restaurant. What do I do? My house contract runs up two weeks after I finish my exams. Where am I going to leave? I don't have a job to pay another house. Do I go home? back to Spain do I stay like what do I do you have like a whole other extra added layer my backup plan was always well I can just go home and then I can commute or I can like travel like I just have a bit of time to figure out but you're gonna leave the country or stay but and pay rent it was always like what am I going to do but to me I had made a lot of sacrifices and it had been really hard for me to get an English degree that it would have been a waste for me to go back to Spain. And that's just a completely whole different story because of how hard the market is in in Spain and how fucked up the whole situation in the country is, really. So, like, I made that decision of coming into England, taking into account that I would just wanted to better my future. Mm -hmm. So I was was not going to back to... I was not going to go back to, to, to Spain but then I was like, I, I don't really have any other options unless someone offers me a job the day after I graduate. Yeah. I'm fucked. And I have to, I don't know, leave under a bridge or take a plane and go. <laughs> so it, it was a lot. So I just, I think that because I had so many things to think about, I couldn't focus in one and yeah. find a solution. Like, yeah. what do I want to do after I finish uni? I, that was just a question in my head, which I don't think that I had the headspace to find an answer for. Yeah. So for me, before I went to uni, I had no idea what I wanted to do. In, like, drama, 
it's so often that people are like, the drama teacher made my, like, so true. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so I was like, I want to be an actor. I asked my drama teacher, how do I become an actor? Like, I had no idea. We come from, like, a very small town in Somerset. No idea how things work. I remember Googling, how do I become an actor? (laughs) And you type that in and it's like, star now. Like, all these odd extra agencies to, like, to be an actor on a film set, which everyone can do. So I was like, I don't know, I've Google's not telling me any of the answers. And my drama teacher was like, well, you can go to drama school, they're really, really hard to get into, or you can go to do it at uni. And my parents had never been to uni. I was the first person to go to uni from my family. So was I. Yeah. Did any of your family go there? Yeah, they all went to uni. Oh, amazing. Mine, yeah, mine didn't. And I, I have, like... 27 cousins and like 26 second cousins and like what none of them yeah like my Scottish family's big and my dad had been in the navy and like wasn't much involved so for like him it was like someone's going to uni like this is incredible you have to go it's so accessible now and it, it felt like we had to go in sixth form lessons we were actually made to apply through UCAS so we had to sit down in tutor and apply and if you didn't want to go you just had to not press submit but you had to apply for you had to do the application oh wow yeah purely 100% for statistics because it's plastered on my old school website this many percent of people went on to do uni that's a credit to be a good school school because that many people went so I felt like I had to and I didn't and I felt like everyone was telling me to go my parents were telling me so you didn't really know teachers were saying I had to go so I was like okay drama I'm just gonna do it not gonna lie I thought my year first year was a little bit pointless I didn't do any of the modules I liked. Like, they were modules you had to do. And I did three modules, I think. One in the first term, or, and then two in the second term, and then we didn't have a third term. What? Do you yeah. have enough things to do? Nothing. I had, like, days. nine contact hours. It was insane. And Sam, had, you had more because you were doing two... Yeah, I did six modules. Subjects. Because I did joint honours. I did three from each, yeah. so... Oh, oh yeah, joint honours. Also, I did apply for drama schools. I only applied for two in the same time I applied for uni. I had no idea what I was doing. The first audition that I went into was at Central, and they told me to be 60% daddy long legs, then 50% daddy long legs. And I was like we don't do this in my small little drama class in in Somerset. What does this mean? And then they were like, now be 20% a meerkat. Okay, now you're being a broken teapot. Right, now you have to be the colour blue. And I was walking around in this... What? Yes. Those are the hardest questions I've ever heard in my life. And I just had to do it. And I was was walking around being the colour blue as well. And I just remember them going... um, no, don't use your facial expression because I was going in my head, blue, oh, it's cold, cold. So I was, like, being cold. And they're like, no facial expression. I was like, how do I show the colour blue without using my face? I just was <laughs> so naive. Like, I had no idea what I was doing. So I didn't get in. But now I know, like, if you want to apply for drama schools, yeah, it's ridiculously hard to get into. But also, like, you need to apply for more than two. And you need to do your research. And you need to see which school's best for you. Yeah, and then uni ended. So then I started applying for drama schools because I was like, I don't know how to act and this is the only way I think I can do it because uni hasn't told me at all. So I must now go to uni, to drama school. So I've just paid all that money to go to uni. And then I was like, oh, now I go to drama school where I pay a hell of a lot more money to more education in drama. Oh, my God. Yeah. How much debt have you got? (laughs) Um, I am probably, how much is uni? 54? No, mine was was 38. 38? Really? Including 
student loan and the so it's nine grand for three years and then yeah. including the stuff like, okay 30 so oh okay so it must be fit and then another 20 grand on top of that <gasps> oh my so God. that's where i've got 50 from yeah 15 that and also that interest rate. I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it's coming on thick and fast. Oh no! Oh I'm my god! Yes, well into the forties now. It's each year, insane. A thousand pound a year. I'm paying in yeah, interest. Me too. That's crazy. I didn't get a student loan there for my like living like expenses, yeah. my maintenance. Yeah, but I did get my student loan for my fees. Yeah. Uh, so my debt is significantly lower. Did you guys even know that? There was interest rate, because I don't know if I'm really naive, but when I first applied for uni, I thought it was interest-free. And so then I, I was very shocked when I left, and I was no, like, what is too, this? because I feel like nobody talks about it to you. No. They just, they talk about, you have this amount of years to pay it back, or this much gets written off, etc, etc, but they never say... And also there's massive interest rate! Yeah. Yeah, no. I don't think that... I knew there was interest, like every other loan, but maybe not that high interest. It's not even that high of an interest for a normal loan. But I think that when you get the perception that it's going to be free, because there's that thing where everyone kind of like has grown to learn that you're never going to pay off kind of thing. And when you go for like a credit check, that loan doesn't really matter. No one really takes that loan into account. Very so true. people just think of it like free money. But it's it's not really free money. It's still coming out of my paycheck every month. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who, the big question, life after uni. What happened to you guys immediately after uni? Immediately after uni, I moved back into my mum's house in my hometown. And... I didn't have any money at all, so I got a job in the local pet shop, um, and that's where I stayed for the next year and a half after graduating with a first-class honours degree. Yep, first-class honours. And I went straight back to exactly where I was before I'd gone off to do that. I don't want that to sound snobbish and privileged as in I think there's something wrong with working in a pet shop because there isn't but the point is I'd just gone away and put a lot of graft in and a lot of money into gaining this qualification that I thought would put me in a different position and in the direct aftermath that wasn't the case so I finished uni and my graduation was months ahead so I had a lot of time between I finished my last exam and then I had two weeks of my current, my student house. Um, and I had nothing. I really didn't have anything. Had that shit job. So I was like, okay. I applied to loads of jobs, loads of grad schemes. Got rejected to all of them. <laughs> um, so I was like, to me, that was kind of like the only exit, a grad scheme. But they are so hard to get into. And I was like, okay, I don't have any of those. What am I going to do? I don't even have a house. So one of my housemates, whose family lived in Bristol as well, she was moving back to back to her mum's house. She said to me, you can come and live at my mum's house for two weeks. And if in two weeks you haven't found a job, you ha- you're going to have to go back to Spain. 
but she was giving me those two extra weeks. So I was like, okay, okay. So I moved into her mum's house. I got a job at, I'm not going to say the name of the company, <laughs> at a very shit big company as um kind of like salesperson doing cold calling. And oh, I had my induction. It was like a two-day induction, I think. On the first day, I was... No, it was a one-day induction. After two hours, I was like, someone kill me, please, because this is horrible. <laughs> um, I finished my induction that day. Next day, I had a job. I had to, do, like, straight straight up start my job. Um, I just couldn't, like... I just can't do that. I can't do cold calling. I hated it. I was like, this is it. I'm going to have to go back home. And Jamie had done business with this person months ago and that person said to Jamie you finished uni I'm setting up a business come and work for me please and Jamie said to to this person sorry I would love to but I'm setting up my own company so I can go and work for anyone but I know someone and this person was very open-minded and said, okay, set up a um, a meeting. So I was, on, I think it was like my second day in that horrible company. <laughs> and I got an email from this person and Jamie saying, do you want to go for a quick catch up? Jamie said that you're looking for a job. And I was like, okay. The catch up was like an interview, which I didn't really know. It was an interview. <laughs> Sat outside Weatherspoons no. on the floor. On the floor? Yes, because Weathers it was summer, so Weatherspoons was just popping. <laughs> so I was yeah. I, I get to Weatherspoons and it was two men and they they had they, they got me a pine and they just asked me loads of questions of just like who I am and I just basically think that I said exactly the same thing that I've said now. Um, and they they asked me something like, what do you like? What, what do you want to do? And I, I remember I said, I don't know what I want to do, but I just want to learn. And they were like, okay, do you want to start tomorrow? And I was like, yes, please. <laughs> I hate my job. <laughs> um, so they were at very, very early, in very early days of their startup. They had like a table in in a share office space and I just started the next day and I was like bye to the other people. That's actually incredible. What a story. So I, I think I was I was quite lucky. I didn't know that's how you got that. No. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Like they didn't I think that they didn't even ask for my C V <laughs> I think that Jamie just said, like, I know this person. She She's really good. She just wants a job. Oh, shout out to Jamie and his credentials yeah. on his word there. But That's also, mad. shout out to the answer, I don't know what I want to do, but I know that I want to learn. Yes, like, insane. That is an attitude that I would employ in a heartbeat. So I true. was in a position to. Because I think that is also... I, that's very... That's an honest answer. That's very honest answer. Yeah, and that's yeah. an, that's something that I still, to this day, after three years working, I still say that. 
because I still don't know exactly what my future looks like. And sometimes like, talking to my mentor or even talking to my boss um, or talking to various people in, in like the business, they, they ask me, what do you want to do? And I always say, I'm just open to anything, to any opportunity. Just give it to me because I just want to learn. I don't I don't care what the position looks like. Just give me something where I can learn. So I think that's also, that's also maybe put me in to get certain things that I've got yeah. on the way. And I feel very similarly. But I think, as Simone said, we've ended up in very different places. But I haven't landed in a job straight out of uni where I was like this is exactly what I want to do this exactly suits me but I just knew it was such a good opportunity to sponge up information yes that's the take worst things on, and it has served me really well so far and like I, I I really hope I never lose that attitude because I think despite not knowing what I want to do it's the one thing that keeps me motivated to find out Yes. That's so, like, finding a motivation. After uni as well, finding a motivation to, like, find something, to get somewhere is you is a must. But it's also so hard to, to get. I think just to tag on to that, so my first job in a pet shop turned out to be a learning experience, but not necessarily one I was, <laughs> I was ready for, I wanted to sign up for. But through that, all going a bit to pot towards the end, I ended up in this new company which, although didn't suit me in the end, gave me so much. And I think you knew that that's what you wanted straight away, but I only realised that I wanted to keep learning after I'd done some of it. Mm -hmm. Like, I had to do some learning to realise that things only progress when I put the effort in to learning new things. And, yes. And to, 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 to find out what I like by trying it. Because I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't learned whether I like that or not unless I give it a go. And I think... I didn't realise that that was something that was accessible to me, to, to try something and to learn from it and then say, OK, not let, let's put that down and find something else. Also yeah. because you've just come out of uni, so I, I don't know if, if everyone does, but I feel like some people, me kind of especially, thought, well, the, all the learning would be done at uni. The yeah, learning exactly I needed what would I was be uni. Going to say. I, and I, this is something that I realised the other day. I can't remember what happened that I realised that actually all my learning... Oh, yeah, I went to a job interview... Yeah. ...for uh, an events uh, job, an events management job. Very level, entry-level. Yeah. Very entry-level. And I went, and they asked me... The second question they asked me after, what's your name, was what makes a successful marketing strategy... This is something that you learn on your first week of your first year at uni in your first introduction to marketing module. And I was just so shocked by that question. This is something very simple. But I didn't know the book answer. Yeah. I, I have worked in marketing. I have worked in events. I just kind of like was... I just went blank and I was like, oh, wow, they're asking me actually like a book question, something that I got in my exam oh, wow. at uni. And I couldn't answer that question. So I kind of just like answer based on my experience of what I think that my marketing plans in the past have have made my plan successful. Um, so then I got... All the other questions about project management events, and I was very comfortable answering those questions because I have done that and I have learned that. But I, ha 
I I didn't learn those things in uni. I yeah. learned those mm. things by working. Um, and I didn't get the job for something that was very entry-level and I'm way far being in an entry-level job. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I'm just going to do this. And I didn't get the job. And that's when I, that thought just popped into my head when I th- realised everything I know, everything that's valuable, everything that's going to get me the next job except for that job and that question... I've learned in the past three years. Yeah. All the things that I have learned at university have been to some extent useless. And I think that that's also why uni fails to so many people because mm. people go with the expectations that they will learn to be able to function in the real world, as we yeah. were saying. Mm. But I don't think that university does that. And I don't, I'm not one of those people who are like, Mark Zuckerberg dropped out of uni. Yeah. Um, so we should all drop out of uni. No, I think that university is a very valuable experience that everyone should go through because he teaches you what people doesn't expect to get teach, which is yeah. consistency and discipline. And, and that's it. Doesn't yeah. teach you anything else. And for the people who, for example, move away from home to go to university, to another city, another country, whatever it means, yeah. it also teaches you to become more independent. Yeah. But I don't think that university does anything else. Mm. And that's why you have to come to the real world after you graduate. Yeah. yeah. Thinking, I'm going to be a sponge. I am going to yeah. learn now. This is the time to learn. Such a good outlook. Because... I'm still on the the fence about how how many of us are pushed into university and how much you learn in a in some cases that you could learn in a job that will be more value and get you further than you would then learn at uni. But I totally agree. There's some yeah because of I uni think that... if I want to be an space engineer, yeah. yeah, I cannot come to you and say I like rockets. Uh, yes, <laughs> be like I like rockets. I can do this. <laughs> So it also depends, but for example, I've worked with software engineers. I worked with someone who had had a British education, software engineer, etc., etc. He, obviously this is specific cases, he wasn't the most competent person. Yeah. But one of the most competent software engineers we have in my company. Someone who learned by reading books in his house when he mm-hmm. had free time. Amazing. So it's, it depends on the field that you yeah. are in. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think it goes to show that it, it's not the only option and the only avenue. Because I know a family friend who's in some thing. He didn't go to university because he got picked up for a job because he was just so smart at what he did. Now he's earning mega money in London. He's never been to uni, but he's also in like software and stuff. I think. But then for me, I feel like I agree with what you said about the fact that the actual content of the degree isn't the value I got out of uni it's the other skills like you said consistency and discipline but also specifically in my degree as an arts degree which is why I'm still glad that I changed at the last minute because for me I wasn't very confident when I started university and now even if I'm not confident I learned the skills through doing English presentations and my drama side of the degree that I can walk into a room that terrifies me because the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to be embarrassed or I don't get it. Or, But I, before, that would have crippled me. Yeah. And because of having to, to try myself again and again and again and throw myself into situations that I didn't think I was capable of and then realise I was, 
going into my corporate experience or much other experiences I've left uni, now if I've got a pitch or like a big meeting, I know how to fake it till I make it and I feel confident that even if it goes wrong, I'm still going to survive and my life is still going to go on and it has given me those skills that I've been able to take from a non-traditional space into quite a corporate role and that I was really surprised at because when I went for my interview for this very corporate job that I've now just come out of, um, I wasn't really sure what my degree was going to offer me in terms of the work I was about to do and the more I got into it I realised it really had helped me and I don't know if as a person I would have been as successful in that job if I hadn't been to university but I feel like someone else would have been yeah because the job I was doing didn't require the intellect of a degree Mm -hmm. but the skills I gained from it made me better at it so yeah Yeah. it's an interesting line incredible um so so like going back onto that so you worked at a pet shop for a year and a half but then what happened? So I, I guess it's also important to mention the fact that you thought you were going to come to London. Yeah, you were so gonna I, don't, I don't mind saying. Okay. I, <laughs> I had a boyfriend at the time and he was supposed to be moving to London in the September. So I was working at this pet shop and I thought, well, I'm going to move with him. I'm going to move to London in this September. So I keep working. I keep saving some money to move to London with him. This job is only till this point. It's got a finite end to it. So I don't mind continuing. And then, my wonderful boyfriend at the time, a month before we were due to move to London, decided... Bear in mind that you, you uh, for a whole year, you'd been saving. Yeah, you thought for, like, that th- this was going to happen. Yeah. And then... And then a month before, he decided he was moving to the other side of the country instead. And I'd already left my job. I hadn't saved enough money to make it on my own. Which I now regret, but you learn these things as you go along in life. So I was left still at home jobless hadn't learnt to drive because I didn't think I'd need a car in London so I was so static and I had nothing at my disposal I say nothing I'm always hyper aware in these conversations about university and stuff how privileged I am like yeah it no, makes me quite not taking that away from at all not at all I, w- I was still in a very lucky position but all of my plans had fallen apart and I, I wasn't really sure where I was um and I was scrabbling around looking for jobs and my brother actually told me about this local company that did events work um, and they worked all over Europe and the world and I I thought they sounded quite interesting Um, so I just sent the owner of the company an email asking if he'd like to have a conversation with me Um, and he said he did so I went in on a Saturday and we had a chat and they showed me around their premises and then on the Monday he said there's one more person I'd like you to meet can you come in so I went in on the Monday and then they took me into the boardroom and said, do you want the job? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a bit shell-shocked because I didn't realise there was a job on the table. <laughs> and now there was. And they asked me if I could start then and there. So I went upstairs and started shadowing one of the staff that was about to leave. And I was Wait, sort of... you did it, they weren't like, you can go home now and take the news in. No, no, They were no. like, stand now. Upstairs. They're producing. <laughs> yeah. Produce. Up you go. Yeah. <laughs> And um, it didn't get any less crazy from there, really. They were an events company that worked in very corporate fields, a lot in the pharmaceutical realm, and they did conferences and exhibitions all over the world. So I'd gone from an arts degree to a pet shop to corporate conferences around Europe (laughs) in, like, a year and a half. So it was all a bit crazy, but um, as much as the company wasn't for me... In the end, the ethos really wasn't for me. It started to make me really miserable in the end. The skills that I got from a job that I didn't know existed in my area, 
I'd never entertained going to have eventually led me to a job that I'm really loving at the moment. So Aww. taking that opportunity was was really crazy thing yeah. that happened. I don't know. What... But also, to, to like before we get on to that last bit, whilst you were in... So you've just been screwed over by a horrible, horrible boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bitter. <laughs> <laughs> um... And, and then and then you have to find a job and then but so I remember the conversations that we had at the time and I remember you saying that it didn't help that your friendship group from uni mm-hmm. most of us weren't dealing with what you were dealing right now because yeah. we'd all gone from most of us had gone from uni to drama school so and we were all in London and those of uh, those of them that didn't go to drama school were in, were London, in, were in London anyway, so, so they were all together. Yeah, Sam had so this. So you <clears throat> see London as making it? I didn't. I don't think I saw it as necessarily making it, but I saw it as a place where my community was, and I oh, felt okay. Yeah, like really sort of disenfranchised being at home. All of my friends from school weren't there anymore; they'd all moved on, and all of my friends from uni had ended up congregating in the same place, so they were all there. And I was alone in my hometown, feeling so isolated. Like, I had no community, no job, no transport, no plans. I was just really stuck in a rut. But then you got this job, and then you... Also, on that, I remember thinking... So, at the same time, I was then talking to you, Lau. <laughs> I feel like yeah. Timo was dealing with her anxieties. <laughs> but do you know what? Thanks, like, mate. This, this is what I mean. I'm talking to you, babe, and, and I was thinking, I'm still in the bubble, and I mm. know it, and I can spout as much advice to both of you as possible. But, like, obviously, from the outside, it's so easy to be like, oh, but you can this, this, and this. But when it actually comes down to it, you're like, oh, God. I but... think it's so easy to think, oh, there's so many things you can do, there's so many opportunities yeah. out there. But when you need that opportunity this week, or you're not going to be okay, yeah. it all of a sudden is so much more real than you can ever imagine until you're in yeah. that position. Yeah, for both of you, this week, otherwise I have to leave the country, this week, otherwise I have no money and I'm yeah. like living off of my mum and I've no longer got a job anymore. It's so scary. It's... Is scary. I'm living it now. I've been in education since I was five. I'm nearly 25. How did that happen? What do I do now? And I was like, shit, this is the moment that everyone else has had three years ago or two years <laughs> ago. I'm, I'm experiencing it now. What the hell do I do? And it's so hard to climb out of that. But I think it's so important to know that, that most of us have that moment. Because yeah. when you're in that moment, you're like, is it only me? Like, everyone else seems to be having a great time. Yeah. Everyone see... seems to have it figured out. Yeah. You only see but no. That, like, get into the really good grad schemes. Because they're the only things that universities are posting on Facebook about. Yeah. Yeah. Or that people are proud enough to shout about on social media or whatever. If you don't mind talking about it, Lau, you came out and what sounds like what you just said to an outside eye kind of sounds like the ideal situation. You came out of a two-week drama of where you weren't sure if you were going to have a job with your home or not and then all of a sudden almost seems like it's landed in your lap, the perfect job. And then your what was your role within that job? Because it it was a good role, right? Or at least after quite a short amount of time, you... It was. I was... My title was an operations manager for this startup. It's a very techie startup. Even though that was my, my kind of like job description, I was just doing everything. There were only the two founders who were basically traveling around England 
selling the business and I was by myself in Bristol, sat in an office with completely randomers who had nothing to do with my business. And I had to manage two software engineers remotely who worked in South America. Like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) They were selling a business and I was just trying to make that business happen. Yeah. So it was a great opportunity because I got to do a lot of things. Yeah. So fast, so quick. It, it was it was amazing. Um, and I think that that's when I fell in love with working within the technology sector. So I worked there for like maybe like nine months. But I had that job whilst I was also doing an internship somewhere else. Really? So I had a job. And an internship going on at the same time. I didn't know you did that. You really can't do one thing at a time, can you? <laughs> no, and <laughs> I think that... She said she was being that boss oh, lady. No. So, now that you said that, that just made me realise that something that I'm struggling now is that I just have one job. One... What is one person's job? Mm-hmm. And up to now, I've always had multiple jobs or I had one of those jobs with are meant to be done by multiple people, but I'm just doing them myself. And right now I'm struggling to find fulfillment in my job because, long story short, I get bored because I don't have enough to do. So I think that I was, I'd grown into my career to be completely busy and do loads and loads of things. And now where I got to like a real job, which requires just one person's time, I am like, oh, wow, so... I have loads of time. What do I do? Yeah, that is I mean so more. fascinating because I feel the exact opposite. When I was in my previous job, I was working so many hours all of the time, doing a job way above what I was being paid or acknowledged for, working every hour under the sun, and really not feeling any fulfillment from it. And to be honest, doing a job that multiple people probably could have been doing. And now I've moved into this new job, which I love. I have so much time and so much flexibility at my disposal and it's bringing me so much joy to be able to use this like amazing availability of time to put so much love and like passion into this one thing that I'm focusing oh, on. Oh, I hate it. So. And that's so funny, <laughs> isn't it? it? Like that but yeah, it's it shows that like every it's like you have everyone's to learn that, experience that, is yeah. so different. Yeah, you really have to learn what style of working suits you because I was feeling really dissatisfied with working loads of hours and never feeling any real comeback or feeling like I was giving it the best of myself because I was giving it enough to get the job done but I wasn't giving it the heart that I really wanted to give it and I love that feeling I love that feeling I was working way more hours than I was getting paid for I was working ridiculous amount of hours Mm, I was working weekends I was working I, I remember leaving the office to hand in projects, like leaving the office by myself, locking the building yeah. at like 11pm. Yeah. I I was travelling a lot between London and Bristol, but I loved it because mm. I felt like I was, my abilities mm. were being put into good use. Yeah. But I think that's, but you, you what you're both talking about is is finding a purpose. So for you, Lau, the purpose is putting like all of the hours in because you're you're doing something with your time. You've got- I think that in my head, I've tried to understand what's going on. 
and it's, it just comes down to what I've always wanted to be, which is mm. the boss lady. And I've understood yeah. recently that to be the boss lady, you have to be the hardest working person in the room. Mm-hmm. And then I felt like I was the hardest working person in the room. Because and everyone around me knew that I was the hardest person in the room. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe I'm doing UX, I'm doing marketing, I'm doing events, I'm doing operations, I'm doing uh, tech development, I'm doing all these various things, which don't really define one single job. But I am on the path of becoming that boss lady because it means that I'm mm-hmm. the hardest working person in yeah. the room. And now I'm not. But also, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're not the hardest working person in the room because you're not leaving the latest. Because also yes. it's important to remember that I think after a certain... Am I right in saying that after a certain point, it it got a lot for you to like travel back to... Like, you, were do, you were like excessive hours. Yeah, long story short, I burnt out. You've like... Yeah. That wick was like... I burnt was out. out. And then and there's that when you went travelling, you decided to go travelling for a bit. Yes, yeah. I, I burnt out bad. Obviously, it was like my first my first job, mm. and because of that burnout, I had I developed loads of mental health issues, mm-hmm. um, and I had to go travelling and go through certain experiences. I am now at the time where I am trying to readjust or maybe even develop a new concept of what it means to be a boss lady. Yeah, for both of you, I think it's so brave to have that realization. So you before you went travelling and you before you got this new job of like, actually, I'm not happy in what I'm doing right now. So I either need a break to like reevaluate you or I need to I need a change. Mm. And that's such a hard thing for people to do. And I think there might be people listening like, oh, I've not even made that realisation yet that I need a change or a break or I need time to reflect. And it's so important to be brave enough to do it because it's, it's a hard thing to, to one, go through and two, to make the realisation of, I really thought that maybe I would have figured it out by now. I've mm-hmm. been out of uni for three years or um, I thought when I hit me, for me, I thought when I hit 25 that I'd be perhaps... I thought I thought when I was at school that I didn't even do the like the maths with how old you are when you finish uni but 25 sounded old and I was like oh 25 I would have had years to work out no what I wanted to do by then with with that I I know someone who is in her 50s this person quit her job because she realized that she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life, that she just happened to do this job that she's been doing for however many years, that she just happened to be there. But she has never had that time to reflect on, actually, what do I want to do? What do I actually like? And she's over her 50s, and she still doesn't know what to do. So I think that that's something that we all need to understand, Mm -hmm. that we're 25 and we panic because we think that we should have had it all figured out. But there's Absolutely. people in her 50s who don't know. Mm-hmm. And these, so many things come into this. Things that we just open social media and we f- believe that everyone's got to figure out. Yeah. We, in my case, I open social media and I see that this 18-year-old is now a millionaire because he <laughs> set up this fucking amazing online business. <laughs> and now this 18-year-old, who has the half of the experience that I have, is now a boss man and I'm still not a boss lady and all that shit 
And I, someone sent me a quote the other day, which I try to remind myself every single day, especially when I struggle. And it's the fact that just what we do now and where we are at now doesn't really define or say who we are. Mm. And it doesn't really define or say where we want to be. So I am doing a job that I fucking hate right now. Sure, it's just that. I hate it. I hate going into that office every single day. And I beat myself down for that so much. But I need to remind myself that that job is not me. That company is not me. I'm just in the process. I'm just in the process. And I just need to come to terms with the fact that I will get there. And this just doesn't define me. Yeah, I think... that's that's the point isn't it like you're in the process so remember that like the finish line hasn't come like it's not like but that, this is that, where i am that's and this what is where i wanted for to the say the life. finish line is never gonna come no Mm-mm. it's never gonna come it's a process of le- again, learning like exactly what you were saying this woman over 50s she's so far from her finish line and there's people who are very fortunate to know exactly what they want to do yeah but there's not going to be any finish line for them either because they're going to get that thing that amazing job they work so hard for and they're going to think just because we're humans and that's our human nature Mm -hmm. as soon as they get that next job the first thing that's going to pop into their heads is going to be so what do i do next so there isn't that really that finish line yeah Um, i just I think the the quote that you said I just was really profound in terms of things that I think I've struggled with because I was really self-conscious especially when my plans moved to London fell apart and Pete there's always that dreaded question like what are you doing after uni what are you doing with your life and I felt like my worth was totally measured by my ability to answer that questions in terms of listing achievements yeah and it's taken so much work and just life experience the little that I have yet, but like the life experience I have so far, I'm already learning to be more comfortable with the fact that my achievements aren't, I'm necessarily earning this much. I have this many staff under me. I'm now learning to be proud of the fact that um, I took this risk. I've been able to learn these skills. Um, I think I'm becoming like a more compassionate person and to be proud of myself, not for necessarily achievements, but just qualities in myself that I'm building along this journey and like not being so focused on a finish line, but just trusting that as long as I continue to develop and feel satisfied, I'm doing better and I'm getting better. And that if I can't explain that to someone in an elevator pitch necessarily right now, that that, that's okay. I don't have to define it by these three statistics. I've got these three things on my list that makes me fantastic. I was really struggling that I didn't have an answer to that question that was impressive. And I'm le- I've learned in these three years, well, I am learning, it's still hard, it's still a process, but to just be proud of myself for giving it a go and for still having this thirst, thirst for learning and yeah. like wanting to still be a sponge and like figuring out that as I do that I get better and things around me get better so far touch wood I've been very lucky (laughs) yeah it's a process and yeah I think that's the thing I still find it super hard for me it's like family and friends when Mm. they say like especially if you haven't seen anyone for a while it's always like so what are you doing now and they don't really care that much like they don't care that they don't care if you're like oh I'm doing blah 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 like what it's just politeness but my mind goes oh what have I done that just comes to and then I feel bad about myself really small realization that not only about that question but about everything in life no one cares about it as much as you do. No. No one cares. Like, seriously, no one cares as much as you do. 
So answer the question just however the fuck you want. Answer the question being like, yeah, I don't have any idea. What about you? Do you know what <laughs> you're doing? Like, oh yeah, me too. <laughs> so but I think even if people do come from stressful situations where people really do care and they're under a lot of pressure to, to be doing well. It's yeah, a, but it's those a... people haven't realised that no one really cares. That the only people, <laughs> the only that that's why they're under so much pressure. It's just. And they, they give so much importance to that question because they haven't realised that no one really cares. They No one cares as much as they will care. So they need to just get on with their lives. Yeah, you should care about yourself and your mm-hmm. happiness more than you care about having an acceptable answer to that question. Yeah. And if people are putting pressure on you about that question, whether they don't care at their core or whether, whether it seems to you like they do, it's only because they're insecure about themselves. Yeah. Like, if if it's, yeah. 100%. And also remembering that the process happens at different stages for everyone. Yeah. Okay. So, for you, Sam, you worked in a pet shop whilst Lau landed, like, a, a, the boss lady job. And, and then you were still in the pet shop for a while. And it, you've grafted a lot in a job. The job you first went into, you were one underpaid in my opinion and two they gave you a job role title which was not what your job role what was your job role title um my I was a PA so I was a personal assistant (laughs) but but I was a project manager now uh, fortunately for you in the last like is it month yeah I've been there six weeks yeah incredible you've you found a job that currently you're like really enjoying which you didn't realize that you would find I guess yeah and to be honest, I really enjoyed my other job in the beginning. Yeah. And then I began not to. Yeah. And it's led me to this job, which I'm loving in the beginning. And one day I might not, but I feel less scared about that now. Yeah. And and for me, I've just come out of drama school. I still say just, and it's not. It's actually been over. It's like a year and a half now. Oh, wow. But I'm still saying just because I'm still in that scared phase. I'm still in the, like... It will make me feel better if I say I've just graduated. Oh my goodness, it happens so much on holiday. It's going back to the question, but they'd be like, what do you do as your job? So my job, how I earn my money currently, the bulk of my money comes from my escape room job, but I don't like saying that I work in an escape room. So Mm -hmm. I say, oh, I'm an actor. And then I feel like, oh, but now the next question is going to be, oh, what do you act in? That's always the next question. So I go, oh, I'm an actor, but I only graduated a year ago. Like Mm -hmm. only just graduated. I don't even say a year ago. I'm like, oh, I'm an actor, but I only just graduated. Because I'm kind of, I'm trying to justify to other people and stop them making those questions about what, what I don't want to answer and what is not really happening for me now imagine you've just left a pet shop yeah <laughs> you're, you're there in I'm the at the pet line. shop right now I'm totally at the pet shop you're which about is, to leave Simone. which is you're mad. about to leave the pet shop <laughs> I'm about to leave I'm about to leave the pet shop in, into the black hole into the void into the void that's where you go happening I'm not even leaving the pet shop to the next job it's like the void but you know what I've had to come to terms with that's fine that's fine yeah. I'm nearly 25 I'm not the same position at you we, we might be in very different positions in two years time now again f- for you like exactly the same thing but that's that is okay yeah and everyone's like, always gonna I have need to not compare myself yeah everyone's gonna have pieces of the puzzle yeah that you don't have yeah you live with your boyfriend in london really cosmopolitan place i live in my mum's house in my hometown very true but you're not in a job that you're comfortable with I've come to a job that I'm really comfortable with. No one's got the full picture. No, it, it, so, you, so you're right. always going to be able important. to compare yourself to someone else, and they're going to have something that you want that you don't have, but you're going to have the same. 
it, that is a very, very good point. Very true. Which is why I also really wanted to do it with you guys, because I knew that we were all going through different stages of the same thing. Mm. Is that, like, finding comfort from each other. Like, even if no one listens to this podcast, I've got, got so much from you two in these yeah. last two hours. Yeah, and, like, I agree, like, things I hadn't thought about in a certain way. Like, hearing you talk about your definition of the boss lady and me thinking, oh, maybe I want that, actually. Maybe I miss the corporate stuff. And then realising, like, actually, if I think about what that feels like in my body, I'm definitely doing my version of that now more than I ever have yeah. been. I hadn't thought about it in that way. And for me, I, I've realised that this job, so I work 12 and a half hours at the minute, Lau. Oh. Four days a week as well. So I'm working insane hours, which is driving me crazy in something that I don't want to be doing. Mm. And I just realised that it's put me, like, it's drilled me down. Like, it's, yeah, I know I've clo- completely lost my motivation because I'm so exhausted. Yeah. I, can't, I haven't I cooked so a meal in ages. I think it creeps up on you. Because a little bit more becomes normal, and then a little bit more becomes normal, and then, and all then of you a sudden, hit the fucking wall again. Yeah, you hit the wall. Um, okay, yeah, so, so for the last question, I don't want this to be a place where we kind of all drown our sorrows in the void, which is life after uni. What can we kind of do to like pick ourselves up? I guess like what? Where do you guys draw your motivation from, or what's the thing? At the minute, you're tr- even if you're not doing it, you're trying to get to that that can maybe bring you to a place that you're just striving for. Do you get what I mean? Or or if you don't know, can we take inspiration from other people? So right now, I am doing a lot, just because right a few months ago, a couple of months ago, I completely lost my my vision to where I wanted to do, where I wanted to be, what I wanted to do. I lost all my motivation. So I am now in the process where I want to get that back. I'm not there yet, but I want to get back to want to be a boss lady again, kind of thing. So I was trying to, I failed at that by trying to find that fulfillment inside my job. So what I'm trying to do right now is find fulfillment outside my job I uh, love that I think it's so it's it, like that's insanely important because it comes down to that quote that I said trying to do something outside job my job outside my working hours to just remind myself and maybe not even remind myself to learn that that job doesn't define me so I'm doing a lot I'm doing I am volunteering for an amazing organization which I love and they make me so happy what I do. I I work for an organization that helps street sex workers. Oh, I amazing. love them so much. Like I don't have words to describe. That's insane. I love that. What they do. I love them so much. And I just was there and I was like, how little are my problems compared to these women? Just sorry, Lau, because the mic died. We don't know what we can use. You're, you're finding motivation in a minute from, from volunteering. Yeah. Which so is incredible. This, the long story of that, the short story of that is that the biggest factor to be happy is to be part of something that's bigger than yourself. Like, that's the science result. Yeah. And how do you do that? By volunteering. Or there is also certain things like if you have a kid, your life Mm -hmm. changes, the focus of your life just changes to 
make that human keep that human alive yeah so that's something also like being part of something bigger than yourself um but for now we can or we can just volunteer and the world is so fucked up it needs so much help mm-hmm. so there's whatever you like you'll find an area to volunteer so that's one thing i'm doing i have failed in the past so much to like go to the gym and now I am really focusing to going to the gym because even though shit getting out of bed, making my way to the gym for however many hours to then make my way to the office to stay there for eight hours. I have realized that as hard as it is to get out of bed and go and do that in the morning, after I do it, it just have an incredible impact into my mental health and my body. Like I got to a point now where I have to do it for my well-being. So I do that. And I've just discovered the different things. I, I've discovered that I love swimming, so I go swimming. I've just been open to try new things. I am now doing jiu-jitsu, which I've only been doing... Are you for... actually? Yeah. Amazing. So I'm doing jiu-jitsu, which I, I don't know, like... Jamie's the one who got me into jiu-jitsu, and Jamie's yeah. been telling me for years to do jiu-jitsu, and I've always been like, no, no, no. But now, because I need to find the motivation, I've been more open-minded into trying new things. And I just went to jiu-jitsu, and I was like, this is amazing! Yeah. Why haven't I done this before? And I love it. So I love knowing that it's going to be Wednesday, 6 p.m. is my class. So I love that. And... I've been trying to like do different things. I'm trying to learn to draw, trying to learn to do lettering. Just Love loads, it. Of, loads of shit. To you just also... need to fill your time, don't I'm... you? It's just to yeah. <laughs> fill my time. That's <laughs> I just need to fill my time and just do loads of things. And I might not find this, the, the answer to my question of what job do I want next? Mm. But he's just definitely going to put me, he's definitely helping me to put myself be myself in put myself in a better position to approach that huge massive scary question which is what job do i go for next i love that so much i honestly i I can't say enough how important it is to do things outside of your job that also make you like fulfill you because so many people just drink on the weekends and then oh, get in a no, hole. no, that's another conversation <laughs> that we need to get into. No, no, no. And that's how I end up in the hole deeper, like, if I'm not out trying to pursue other things. And that's what happened in August. I realised uh, when I was applying to agents and I have to, like, stand out from everyone else, I was like, well, I don't have any jobs to like that I can be like oh well I did this job and I was in this what do I do in my own life oh my god I do nothing why why but that's another thing that even this is just just making you more employable yeah like how many people in the world can do how many project managers are there in the world that's what I am I am a project manager me too I am (laughs) how many like we just happen to be two two of project managers in this room we didn't even make that. Like, that just happened. There's a thousand million people in the world who can't do a project management job. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. So if I go and I say, I've done this and this and this and this and this and this, many people have the same, better experience than me. So at the end, it's going to come down to who is this person? Do we want to work with this person? Yeah. What does this person do? Mm. And everyone's got that section in their CVs where it says interest. 
And <laughs> oh. I've read so many CVs from friends and because I had to do recruitment in my job. And most of those answers are just so I copied read. and pasted from, <laughs> from Google. I read, I, I like sports. <laughs> and then you get to the interview and if you ask someone who says, I, I like to read, and you ask, what was the last book you read? What, what book are you reading now? Most people are like Harry Potter. I don't know, and they just come up with a shit answer. Yeah. Um, so it just comes down to just be that person. And I was in situations where people ask me, "So, okay, you're a project manager uh, in these fucking networking events, for example. So, but what do you like to do? What do you do in your spare time? And before now, when I have all these things to do, I was like." I don't know. I go to the pub. Yeah. <laughs> because that's also something, that was all I knew. Just finishes work, goes to the pub, or in the weekends, just go to the pub, catch up with your friends. And my life was just passing in front of my eyes over some pints. And I just made a decision when I went traveling that, no, I don't want this. And I just stopped drinking. And all. But that's another conversation. But it's just that. Just do something that is also indirectly helping define who I am I now can say I love martial arts because now I fell in love with martial arts I love helping these women I love swimming I didn't know do you know the story that I didn't know how to swim yeah. a year ago also funny about that is Lau decided to look, take up rowing like was it last year or the year before <laughs> the year and before, then she yeah. lied about the fact that she could swim so she could join and we were like Lau what if you actually fall in whilst yeah. rowing and she was like well I won't be able to swim so someone will have to save me and I guess they'll figure out then that I can't uh-huh. swim like a requirement to join a <laughs> rowing club is that you can swim 100 meters in however many minutes I just couldn't swim. I couldn't swim. Me and Georgia always used to threaten that we'd like make a sign when she does her practice that says Lau can't swim. I'm like, yeah. So it's just that. It's just trying to define who I am to remind myself that that job is not me. That's so important. Also, I, I think it gives you confidence again. What if you have to answer that stupid question about what you do? You have something to talk about, and that yeah. sounds so stupid, but like. Then you feel comp. You're like, oh, but I'm doing like this, oh, and I have stuff like, yeah, I'm doing this, and it's great. And then it, well, you also meet new people, and that's so important as well. I would love mm-hmm. to start a trend for people asking you, "What do you do?" and you never telling them anything to do with your paid work. Yeah, just telling them what about what you love. Yeah, what, like get, gets you up in your spare time and makes you want to go out on the weekend. And it's so important to find that because. I will have so many times been like when people go, "What do you love?" and you're like, "What? I don't know actually what I love. Why have I never? Yeah, why (laughs) have I never tried to find out? That's actually really sad that I've like I don't I've never. And do will I remember the times that I stayed at home and watched Netflix the rest of my life? I still will do that, and I still love doing it. But no, will I remember the time that I I joined blah 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 and did this well I remember the time I set up a podcast and yeah. got you guys but even, to come if, like, even if the thing that you do love is staying at home and watching Netflix work out what you love and work out why you love it because if yeah, it's that you no, like to point. stay home watching Netflix because you love like crime dramas and no, stuff no for sure maybe there's like I don't know you might get into some forensic club and you're ah, like very <laughs> true you know but like if you just do it because it's the easy thing like think about why it is that you love 
to lay there and do that? Yeah. Is it because yeah. you find peace in not doing very much? Yeah. And is there a group of people that you could not be doing very well, much with? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, and very true. Like, some people might be confident in the fact that they're like, well, I just watch Netflix and I do blah, blah, blah. But if you, if you find yourself stuttering at that question of what do you love, maybe mm. it is because you, you haven't found that yet. Mm. Not because... Oh, that's okay. Yeah. But just don't forget about it. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Like, just Okay, you haven't yourself. found it yet, but... Are you putting yourself in the position where you are going yeah. to find about what you like? And I think, actually, if I'm butting in, that's a really good segue into my answer to the question that you asked about... Oh, what motivates you? What the good How do you get out of like out any of ruts the in the hole? So it, it now motivates me through having a little bit of experience that... Um, whilst I'm enjoying something I want to learn all I can from it and work really hard at it and then when I start to not enjoy it I start to look for the next thing and I start to, so it's it's all about being really aware of how well I'm feeling mentally and well-being wise in the environment that I'm in and then if I don't feel good about that sourcing why yeah and then working out how to make that better and that doesn't mean I then have to find the perfect job I just need I need to find something that's that's better for me than the one before or just different yeah just a different sometimes situation sometimes a change is just like yeah, what exactly. you need sometimes oh. you just need to move out of that situation yeah and in and in doing those things and in being sit in different situations you start to learn what you are not going to be interested in in the future and things that you want to follow with your nose more. And, like, that works for what you're saying with outside work interests and with career interests. Because, for example, me being at home with no mates after the pet shop, (laughs) I ended up working with a local theatre company that I now really love. Oh, yeah. I now have friends of all ages from all walks of life. And I've learned so much from being a part of that community because I didn't have one that I never would have got without it. Yeah. And, th- and that's now taught me things I really appreciate about people and things that I love to do. And, like, following my nose in that way is in checking in with myself career-wise and hobby-wise. Yeah. Th- th- I think that's what I find. It's motivational to me now that I can follow my nose and I'm learning how to do that better as time goes on. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. <laughs> thank you. That is a very long podcast, but by three very different people in different situations but have all come to very similar breakdowns and similar (laughs) feelings because it happens to all of us and that was the most important thing that I wanted to get out of that it like happens to all of us you're not alone there are things that we we can always be doing more we need to focus our time on ourselves and it's going to happen to us all at different stages and that that shouldn't be something that that cripples us thank you thank you for having us